Welcome back to Work Woman. This is one of my most asked questions that I always get. How do you incentivize top performers? This is also how you would incentivize any other position, but as it relates to your top performers, like these key things have to be in place. One of the things I recommend always is to have career pathing or what we call an employee maturity model, which is like the overarching pathway for somebody to move from a starting position all the way up to like 10 years out with you. What does that career progression look like and how can you map that out and share it with everyone? But quite honestly, for most business owners, that is entirely overwhelming. And so what they're actually looking for is a quick fix which is what this is. This is totally a quick fix. It will work and you can start implementing this tomorrow with your existing top performers. Because the reality is, yes, you wanna create this big system that really works and allows your business to scale, but most business owners need to figure out right now immediately, how do I get my top performers in alignment? If you're already clear with your top performers and you're like, ah, I kinda have them working, but I just need this bigger plan, I highly encourage you to read my book, Teamwork. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, Let's see, I break out the whole process. Let me find this for you. I break out the whole process of how you build what we call an employee maturity model in chapter, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Okay, well, you would think somebody that has written a book would remember the chapters, but I don't. I don't have that kind of memory. The chapter is chapter 13, Employee Maturity Model. That chapter is magic. And when you buy the book, there's also a free downloadable that comes with it that will give you a copy of our Employee Maturity Model. So you could just shamelessly steal that. So check out my book, Teamwork, on Amazon. You can get all of the information that you're looking for right there for the bigger model. But for now, let's talk about top performers in your existing environment? How do we engage them? How do we keep them excited? Yesterday, I was at a speaking event and opened it up for Q&A at the end. And this was one of the questions that a business owner shared with me. And I was like, oh yeah, I forget that people get stuck in, well, what if my top performers leave me? So before I just like go into the nitty gritty and the tactics around this, one thing that like we need to take a step back to realize is If you're actually worried about your top performers leaving you, it's likely that your vision for where your company is going is not big enough to show them how you can be successful and they can also be successful in the environment. So if you're having, you know, a consistent $3 million of annual revenue and you have a top performer or two in your business, but you're not sharing that the vision is for you to become a $30 million business and to point them to, hey, if we hit this target, your net worth could be a million to $2 million, depending on how much contribution and how much development you made. If you're not having those conversations, of course your top performers are gonna figure out how to go make more money elsewhere. So the vision of where the business is going has to be so dialed in that you are driving people constantly to a certain place. Now, I do have a podcast. Let me check this out here. I do have a podcast on how you create a vision statement. Let's see, that would be podcast numero 29. So if you go back to podcast 29, I have a podcast all about 
reworking your existing missions or your existing vision statement, which that should give you some help in recasting that so that your top performers see, oh, I have a place here. I can see my future here. I can see all of the growth that I could have here. In fact, I could see the growth I could have and also a lot of the professional friends that I've made could come in this environment and, and have success as well. So the vision statement is critical, but let's say you have a clear vision. You are a $3 million company. You wanna be a $30 million company and you have some top performers right now that you wanna make sure they're in the game, they're incentivized and you need to put that together. Well, let's talk about it. So first things first, it's very important that your existing roles have clarity as to what they're being paid their base salary for. As I think about creating incentive structures, there's a variety of different metrics or ways that you can slice up somebody's compensation. And if per a person doesn't have clarity on what the base role is, there's really no use in creating an incentive plan because oftentimes you'll find you'll start incentivizing, meaning giving people extra money for things that they should be doing just as their base job. And I try to avoid this at all costs because you're already paying their salary. And if you're not clear on what you're expecting of that salary, the minimum requirement for the role, then you're likely going to overpay in incentives and it's the wrong way to do it. So step one solidify for their base salary, what are the expectations that you have for them in their current role? Now, once that's figured out, the incentive plan is important. For us at Cardinal Ventures, depending on how much somebody is making in their base, we target between 10 to 25% of additional opportunity if they hit their incentive metrics. So I'm gonna do easy math here. Let's say somebody makes $80,000 and they had a 10% incentive plan of their base salary. So that would be an additional $8,000 that they have the opportunity. It's not a given, but they have the opportunity to make that $8,000 if they hit certain metrics that have been laid out for them that are documented that you have clear visibility into. Now that is different from commission where commission is they get a piece or a percentage of anything that they sell. And ideally you have all three of these types of items in your repertoire. Is that how you say that? Sounds real fancy. Ideally you have all three of these as you're communicating with your team members about what pay looks like in your organization because it's not just, hey, you make this fixed salary. That's one of the biggest things that leads to disengagement for top performers and any employees is not having clarity about how do I make more money through working here? So first things first, your base salary is established. If they're already a top performer, you already have their base. If you haven't established what they do for that base, just get that written down. If they're truly a top performer, that person will help you do it. So think about this. If I'm a business owner and I have 15 people reporting to me, ideally, if they're all great at what they are doing, all 15 people could document, hey, this is what I do, this is what I'm responsible for, and this is the metric associated with the, the activities that I have. If somebody is greeting patients, it's how many patients they greet and sign in. If it's making sales calls, it's how many calls they make. That gives you the 80% that you need to work with. And ideally you're only tweaking 20% of it, but you're getting the base job actually created by team members who know it best. They're in the work every single day. They know what they're responsible for. So getting that information from them, from them is a really great use of your time. Once you have that, 
now you can look at, okay, what would I need to see from this role? Not, it's not about a person. What would I need to see from this role in order for them to earn the additional $8,000? So you start putting ideas down. In an ideal scene, you're not having more than five. Like five is really my limit on metrics for incentive plans because after five, it gets really difficult to track and all of the metrics should be something that you're able to review on a monthly basis and you're able to track and you're able to look through. So you start with having their base job description dialed in. Then you start looking at, okay, what would I pay them over and above somebody who was just great at their base job and what activities would that be and what metrics would be associated with it? Then, as I mentioned, they have clarity on commission. Your top performers, every top performer for me has contributed to sales because to me, you are not a top performer. If you do not know how to sell something, you're not a top performer. If you're not able to articulate the value proposition of our organization and our products and services. And so if you really want a promotion in our environment, I don't care if you're a videographer, if you're a recruiter, if you're the CFO, if you're an office coordinator, I don't care what position you're at in our organization. You do not have issues with selling and you are willing to sell and to close people because you have belief in our products and services. If somebody doesn't have belief in your products and services, that will definitely show itself when they're unwilling to actually sell or bring people into your ecosystem. So that should be like one of these backend criteria that you're looking for. I don't make it mandatory, but somebody walks into our environment. It's like, oh, I want to be the next vice president. I've started as a manager, but I'm going to work my way up. And I want to be really serious about growth here at your company. That sounds amazing. Like that is the dream to have every employee say that. And for us, we have a lot of people who do say that. But what separates people from saying things and versus the ones who actually do things is the intentionality behind their action. So I'm not looking for that person to make something more organized or to make a process more efficient. I'm looking for them to be the best at their base role, for them to learn how to hit their metrics on their incentive plan, but I'm also looking for them to sell something. And if they're unwilling to sell things, they're, they're unlikely to be a leadership team member for us. Like just have to be cut and dry with this stuff sometimes because I can't put somebody in an environment who isn't willing to sell our products and services. And it's more about their own confront than us requiring our team members to hit some sales threshold. It's not about that. It's, it's difficult to sell things and it's challenging and people have to handle their own emotions and feelings around that. But if somebody is, is a believer in what we do and they see the impact, they see it as their obligation to share it with people and to close them to move them forward because we know how we can help change people's lives and impact their businesses. And so that really differentiates somebody who's not serious versus people who really are serious. Once you have that clarified with that role, your next step is very important. You have to identify the base role for the next position that they would get. So let's use a marketing manager. If I have a rock star top performing marketing manager, early on in my communication with them as a top performer, I need to let them know, hey, your next opportunity at this company looks like you becoming a senior marketing manager. I would always recommend that you move from the position to a senior version of that position. So that would be a controller to a senior controller. That would be an office coordinator to a senior office coordinator. 
because people can move through where they're at to a senior fairly quickly, especially in more entry-level roles, if they're given a really clear path for what that looks like, and especially in entry-level roles. Listen, there's a big difference between an office coordinator who sucks and is totally shitty at their job versus the one who's a total rock star. And so I'm willing to promote that person much faster because I want to differentiate, hey, you're, you've taken this really serious and you're amazing at this and you deserve to be a senior. So you're clarifying with every single role, but specifically your top performers, hey, you're in this position now, your next position looks like this. Now, once you tell somebody that their next position looks like this, the natural question would be, what's different about what I'm doing today and what that next position would be? And this is where it takes creativity and it takes commitment to this process because most business owners just aren't even interested in having this conversation because it's like, oh, now I have to figure out, okay, if you're a senior, if you're a salesperson versus a senior salesperson, do you have to make extra calls? Like, what is that thing that makes somebody senior? Those are the things that you have to document. So let's continue to use this marketing manager example. If my base expectation of a marketing manager is that they are aware of the social media platforms, they're aware of different strategies that somebody can implement, but a senior marketing manager is able to cross-functionally communicate with finance and operations and human resources to create a marketing plan that encompasses all of the functions and they do that themselves. That's somebody who's more strategic and adds more value than somebody who is just aware of these things and very competent in them. So as you think through this, something that can be helpful for you to use is anything that has gone wrong in particular roles. As soon as you start thinking with, man, why did my last marketing manager not work out? all of a sudden it becomes really obvious. Oh, this person wasn't able to project manage. They were great at their own work, but they weren't updating things in a project management system so that the whole team could work with them and understand where they were at. And then to take that one step further, maybe the director of marketing, once that senior person is established because they're able to use the project management system and update it, the director would be able to create project plans that encompass the whole team adding their input, having trackers and timelines and sharing updates. That is a different level of skill set than somebody who is only able to enter in their own field and be an expert in their own thing. So those are the types of things that you're thinking with as you create these different career paths for your team members, especially your top performers. Okay, once you have the position that they're in right now and all of that documented, plus the incentive that they have right now and that's documented, and then you've gone through the process of saying, okay, this is what the senior version of this looks like, you have to do an assessment of that team member say, what are the gaps? What, what do you have right now that's working but that needs to be optimized? And what do you not know right now that you would need to know in order to be in this position? And the more you talk about growth, the more comfortable people are going to be having this conversation with you because you would be amazed at the gift that you've given somebody when you tell them their blind spots. By nature, a blind spot is something that I can't see. So if somebody in my environment wants to grow, but they have a communication issue, they really struggle communicating cross-functionally or communicating up proactively or telling people when they've run into roadblocks, it's my responsibility to say, hey, you want to be this thing. You are this right now, 
this bridge here is going to be built off of your ability to target your lack of proactive communication, your lack of sharing with people when there are roadblocks in front of you. All of those competencies are things that somebody has to establish over time because if they could just do it, they would do it right now. It's often difficult for people to get into these new sorts of habits and rhythms. But once you've said, hey, listen, Joe, you suck at this. You're not great at this. You probably shouldn't tell your employee they suck at it, but bringing like just being lighthearted about it. Hey, this is something that I know you struggle with, or this is something I've identified that you're not the best at and we need to get you help. Then you can start to prescript to prescriptively assign either books or courses that you yourself have taken in order to get better at that thing. That would be you being a coach in the field that you um, are like responsible for. So if you're in marketing, you have a marketing team, the way that you learned about marketing would be very easy to share with your marketing manager. But if you are a COO and you have a finance person and you maybe don't know all of the accuracy issues and where those are trained, it might be difficult for you to find those resources. So if that's the makeup of your team, what I'd recommend you doing is having them propose to you five different books that they could read over the course of a year and one or two courses that they could take and maybe a live event. So all of a sudden I'm changing the conversation. I'm saying, I'm invested in you. I want to see you get to this next level, but you need skills that you do not have. You need knowledge that you do not know in order to be in this position and to make more money. So I'm willing to either outright invest or co-invest with you in order to get you there. But this is what that requirement would look like. Now your top performer sees opportunity through working with you instead of just, oh, I'm here and I'm the hotshot, I'm the superstar, I'm the best, but I don't really know what the next step is for me and therefore I'm disengaged and bored and not having fun in my job. You become a leader, you become a coach, you become somebody who's actually active in their mentorship and their growth when you start to take that approach. And then when you're pushing on somebody like that, all of a sudden, I'm not worried about the team members that I have for this coach analogy. The team members I have on the field, like I'm in it with them, sharing and being very honest with the things that are holding them back. So I don't sleep at night with the insecurities that, oh, they're maybe going to go leave me for somewhere else because I know I'm giving these people my all around coaching them and being honest with them. In return, they're giving me their all and they're not really top performers if they're not willing to take that constructive feedback and they're not really serious about their goals if they're gonna quit on you anyway. I'd rather just have those people quit. Like those people can go, I'm not worried about that. But I am worried about my best people. I don't want them leaving. Well, I'm not gonna be fretting about that at night because I know they're not gonna leave because I'm coaching and I'm actively involved. I'm in the game with them and I can help them get to some place that they do not know how to go currently. All right, uh, the next step, giving people a clear time frame. So I mentioned books, I mentioned courses, I mentioned live events. It's not just a matter of somebody like checking those things off the box, checking those boxes, checking, you get what I'm saying, checking that off, checking those whatever. It's not just them completing it. It's them doing those things and actually demonstrating that they're now competent in those areas. And so if you know, let's continue with this marketing manager. If you know that you've worked with previous marketing managers and it's taken about a year for somebody to develop these other skill sets and to become really competent and proficient and being more senior in marketing, 
I would share with the team member, hey, I'm targeting that a year from around this time that you would be able to do all of these things and you would be able to demonstrate on a daily basis that you're now able to do this more senior level job description. And I would also share, this could happen sooner depending on your growth and depending on opportunities that arise, or it could happen slower based on your lack of interest in this and how long it could take you. But I'm expecting X amount of time for this to take. That way, all of a sudden it's, it's clear, like I have a target. And I do have to say, what I do know is a lot of business owners struggle with giving timeframes because their thought process is, what if the business isn't making more money and I have this top performer and they've learned all of these skill sets and they've done all of these things to develop themselves and I can't pay them what they're worth. That's a real fear. That is a legitimate fear. And instead of not having this conversation and not going through this process, what I would encourage you to do is if they really are a top performer, they should be able to help you creatively problem solve how to generate more revenue. This is why that commission piece is so important for us. If a team member cannot demonstrate that they are able to bring new people into our ecosystem or they are able to sell people into our products and services, they aren't really able to be demonstrating that they are a leader because that is what Brandon and Grant and Elena and my job is. We, we are all focused on how do we bring new people in. So top performers like challenges. You have to be thinking with this. Top performers, they want to be measured. They want to creatively problem solve. They want to help you. So as they're developing these, these criteria, also be leaning into, hey, when was the last time you promoted on behalf of the business? Hey, when was the last time that you shared something that happened here that was a win? Like, How are you folding them into the real problems? Because that's what's actually going to help you grow your business. And if you aren't willing to have the conversation, you could come into the situation where You've invested in all of these courses and all of this knowledge and all this time into this team member and then they go take it somewhere else because they can go pay more. Well, you should try to be able to outsmart that process by allowing yourself to pay more through actual revenue growth, not just fluffy bullshit that your team members should be assigned as like busy work. There's no need for busy work if they are a top performer and capable of solving big problems. Okay, next up. If you have a top performer that you're worried about losing or you have a top performer that you want to just create a better incentive around, one of my magic tricks is having bi-weekly one-on-ones with my top performers. And in another podcast, I'll pull that one up for you, I talk through my one-on-one formula. Let's see. Is it here? Oh, how to conduct a one-on-one. There it is. Podcast 27. If you listen to podcast 27, this is gold for a top performer. They want feedback. As I mentioned earlier, I had this speaking engagement yesterday. And as soon as I got off the stage, it's not just because I'm a millennial. It's also because I'm a top performer that I want feedback. And I don't just want somebody to say, oh, you were amazing. You did so great. Like I want to know, hey, what could I have done that would have made that better? So I asked my boss, also known as my husband, what could I done? What could I have done better? And he was just entirely unwilling to tell me what I could do better. Oh, you were so great. Oh, everything was so awesome. It's like, no, I want feedback. You have to tell me what I could do better. 
that's that thing that top performers actually need of you. And you might be thinking, oh, I'm burdening this person with some with with this because they were already doing great. No, they want feedback. They want to know how to get better. If you have a true top performer, they are going to be looking for this. So in the one-on-one, -on -one, provide them the structure where they can actually get it from you. Okay, my last piece on this is accountability. Top performers, as situations are arising where they either aren't being a top performer or there's something that they could be doing better, you have to share it with them and it should be in, a, in close proximity to the time it happened. Like you should not be waiting months to tell somebody all at once, oh, these are the 15 things that you've been doing wrong. If somebody's doing wrong, like while it's happening, I'm going to immediately, I'm gonna probably make it nice in the moment. Although sometimes I'm like direct right in the moment. I try not to do that. I try to pull that person aside and say, hey, you shouldn't have handled this in this way or why were you thinking about it in this way? So that I'm able to give them feedback but also ask them questions to hold them accountable into the environment that they've asked me to hold them accountable to. If you've told me as a leader, hey, I wanna be better and I wanna do bigger things and I wanna make more money, okay, great. It is now my sole job to help you get there. I have to tell you the things that you don't want to know. And you might not like me in the moment. You might quit on yourself in the moment. I'm good with that. I'm willing to take that pressure on because I see that you have this potential. And those moments oftentimes are uncomfortable. And it's the last thing that you want to do because somebody could be doing something great over here, but then they undermine themselves over here. You have to get rid of that undermining thing because you don't want this graph that goes up and down in your team members' behaviors. Leaders should not have this up and down motion in how people interact with them. It should be constant and steady and it should be on a, on a steady and gradual incline, not decline or a lot of chaotic different interactions. So this is how we incentivize our top performers. I strongly encourage you to put the work in to do this with your existing top performers. And to the extent that you're like, this is child's play, I'm ready to do this across every team member, highly, highly recommend my book, Teamwork, Chapter 13, going deep into the employee maturity model. I break down all of the pieces of this. I tell you the do's and don'ts of creating these things, the additional things you might be wanting to think with. So go buy my book. You can find it pretty much anywhere that you can purchase books, but the obvious places are Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and Target and those types of places. With that, I would also love it if you have enjoyed this podcast for you to leave a review, for you to give me a five-star rating and share the podcast. I have a big goal of having the podcast to as many people as it can impact and you are part of that. So if you found value from this particular podcast, please make sure that you share it with anybody who would benefit from learning more about how to incentivize top performers. Until next time, be great. I'm rooting for you. I am behind you. You've got this. Keep going. Don't give up. And